Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. Have a special episode of the podcast today. This will be episode 301 of Kentucky Daily, which is hard to believe. Derek and I were talking about that yesterday, that we're now 300 plus episodes in to this podcast, I think in maybe 14 months exactly, somewhere around that time, uh, I think is our time frame of when we started Kentucky Daily. So to be 300 plus episodes is pretty cool. Thank you all so much for continuing to listen and download, leave reviews. We greatly appreciate it. Love the mailbags. We're going to have a basketball mailbag coming your way probably to begin next week after the football mailbag, just kind of waiting and letting a dim bonus visit wrap up last weekend, get some stuff this week now that uh, C.J. Frederick and Jacob Toppin have returned to the floor uh, for practice. And then we'll get to watch uh, basketball practice on Monday as well. So we'll do a basketball mailbag after all that next week. But on today's episode, we're going to be joined by one of my good friends, uh, Frank Fowler. He is the producer of SEC This Morning with Peter Burns and Chris Doring on the SEC Network. Frank joined the show a year ago before Kentucky started the season at Auburn. Uh, really great guy, uh, really good friend of mine, and someone I always enjoy talking to. We'll text throughout the weekends about Kentucky football, uh, when the Cats are playing and things like that. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode with him. He has a lot of good knowledge about the SEC, very familiar with all these personalities and players around the conference. So he's a very good guest to have on to this podcast. And as always, this podcast, it's powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Three locations, Pineville, Kentucky, Williamsburg, Kentucky, and London, Kentucky. If you can't make it out to Kroger Field, it's going to be a sellout crowd Saturday night between Kentucky and LSU. It's going to be another crazy environment. If you cannot make it there, I highly encourage you, if you're in eastern Kentucky, to make it to one of those three locations to enjoy the game because I'm sure the atmosphere there will be just as electric as it is at Kroger Field Saturday night. Big Blue Nation is watching this team all across the state and Kentucky fans all across uh, the country, honestly. I've, I've talked to quite a few people on social media that are watching from other places other uh, than the Bluegrass State. So this team going for a chance at 6-0 and Saturday night, but Frank is going to join us right now on Kentucky Daily to talk about that and everything about this Kentucky football team. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And now joining us on Kentucky Daily is Frank Fowler, the producer of SEC This Morning. Frank, it's always good to have you on the show. My man, it's good to be back here with you, dude, especially considering the way that this year's been going. Um, I, I can't think of many times that have been better than what we have now to break down everything that's going on in Lexington. Well, you know, last year we had you on the show and, and there was a lot of energy 
around the program and, and everything moving into last season. But Frank, we know that, that COVID took a toll on a lot of programs a year ago. And I believe Kentucky was one of those programs. And then uh, everything that they went through with the loss of John Schlarman, uh, Chris Oates medical situation, this season just kind of feels like a healing period, doesn't it? With everything going on, Kentucky five and zero in the AP poll, getting that national respect. And here's Mark Stoops again in year nine, doing it all over again. Yeah. You know, the guy, to me is one of those people that is great for the game because he puts his head down and grinds and doesn't complain when, you know, times get difficult and you think about how this year went and, you know, how, how, you know, hard it was on so many different programs. And, and certainly I think it's probably like you just kind of all the things that you just outlined, one of the tougher years that he's gone through but let's not forget that when he first got to Lexington it was pretty hard too so he knows what it takes to fight through a rough patch he's an extremely resilient coach and like I said he's one of those guys that just never makes excuses he figures out a way to make a situation better and that's why I think he's so unique and we're lucky to have him in Lexington and if that's not been you know exemplified this year then I don't know what is yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And, and then going into this season, the offense was the main topic. And, and rightfully so, given Liam Cohen entering the program, all that renewed energy that comes with the new offensive coordinator. But Frank, Brad White in this defense and, and what he's doing, I know through the first two games it was still the offense because everybody's eyes was on that side of the ball. But the last two games, this Kentucky defense has really shown when it has that, that experience, that leadership. I mean, they started 10 seniors on that side of the ball to begin the year. Just how impressed are you with that unit? Oh, I mean, everybody likes to say that defense in college football is dead and how it used to just be this thing that the Big 12 didn't play defense. But then last year we saw all these programs that were in the SEC. They were consistently good on the defensive side of the ball and they struggled. Um, so it just goes to show you that that narrative is not true when you have guys that are all working together with the same goal and the same vision. Brad White has been, you know, not only just one of those guys that, that's been there for a little bit and brings over some continuity, but it's, it is good to have some experience on that side of the ball. I don't think we should take that for granted, but I mean, what he's doing right now, is definitely one of the more impressive performances that we're seeing from any coordinator in college football. I don't care, you know, what you think about Kentucky's ranking, you know, how they've gotten to five and zero. Well, the job Broadway has done is hands down one of the most just impressive performances that we have seen from a coordinator that has a good amount to work with, but has really found a way to make the most of his talent, you know, like, yes, like I said, he had some experience, but he has figured out a way to develop these players that have been there for a long time into really solid, good defensive players. And so um, you can't say enough good things about him. I'm just so, so impressed by the leadership that he's brought to that side of the ball. And, um, you know, we, we would not be 5-0 and right now if it wasn't for Brad White. There's just no question. And this is a program now, too, that your, your best programs in this league, and not only in this league, but across college football, they, they replace stars with future stars. And then they develop those guys within their program. And you follow this program for a long time, Frank. And, and you know, when Kentucky has those generational stars, it, it was a long time in between before they would have another one. Right. This has been a program now that, 
Josh Allen out the door, Benny Snell out the door, Chris Rodriguez is there. Now you see a guy like Josh Pascal on that defense making plays. He got his hand on the block field goal against Florida that changed that game. Just, just what does it say about Mark Stoops, not only his level to recruit, but the way that he's been able to kind of stack this talent together now nine years in, that he, he's officially – it's no longer building a program. It, it's an established program now. Yeah. No, he's built it. He has came through on the things that he's promised. And, you know, I think one of the things that I've noticed about him, and clearly it's working with recruits, is that he is a genuine person. You know, he's not selling recruits something that's fake. I think in the beginning, he probably had to do a little bit more convincing to get, you know, a, a three-star or a four-star to go there. But he sold a message and a vision that was centered around, you know, a couple different things. One being that if you come here, you can be a part of history because this fan base has been dying for some great football for a long time. And you can be the person that changes that narrative. You can go down as one of the guys that helped change and flip the script of what everybody has known Kentucky football to be. So he's done that. Then he gets to the point where, you know, they're, not in that basement of the SEC. They become this middle tier program and they're solid, but he knows that he has to continue to keep recruiting guys in the States of Ohio in this just, you know, States where high school football is rich and bring them in to build it, to get some continuity. Then he goes and gets the special players, the ones that he knows can make a huge difference. Like a Chris Rodriguez, who's the best running back in the conference. Then He's able to take that and sell, you know, to a recruit today that's in high school, look at what I've built, look at how I've done it, and look at what I'm going to continue to keep doing as long as I'm there. So there's been multiple different phases, but it's all centered around, you know, the same thing that I go back to is that he's a genuine person and he believes what he's doing. He always has. And no matter what the narrative or the message is around the school right now, um, you know that he's going to give it to you straight and he's got your best interest at heart. And that that's why I appreciate him so much, not just as a coach, but as a man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent there. And, and two, it was big to do it in 2018. They won 10 games. They broke through. They, they got a citrus bowl victory, but I told someone this week and I've written about it too it's even bigger if he does it again, Frank, because then those people that were like, okay, I'm paying attention to Kentucky football now. If you do it a second time after you had those generational players like a Benny Snell, Josh Allen, Lynn Bowden, not in your program now, I think that that makes it more impressive. And, and right now, I mean, if Stoops does that and there's a path, you can argue there's a path to 11 wins on the schedule if they take care of business. But I think there's a great shot that they get to nine or 10. If they do that, a lot of programs are going to take notice of this, Frank, and they're going to come calling especially some of those top jobs in college football. But I told someone recently that I think that what Stoops has done and the consistency that he's done it with, I just think it's special what he's built in Lexington, that I just don't think it's a surefire thing that he would leave Kentucky for one of those big jobs. I just think that the stability and what it means to have taken this program from what it was to where it is now almost 10 years in that that's that's pretty that's pretty hard to say goodbye oh i mean so so what's jobs right now that he's been rumored for are better than what he has in lexington you saw the atmosphere last week against florida you saw how crazy the place went like 
Florida State has always been rumored as this place that he might go to because he was the defensive coordinator there, and they have this rich history and a lot of tradition and things of that sort. But, like, if he goes there right now, he's inheriting a mess. He has no pipeline for recruiting there right now. No recruit is taking Florida State serious. I mean, none of them are – you know, thinking that this is, you know, the, the late 80s and early 90s and that, that if they go there, they're going to get marketed like you wouldn't believe and that they have a pathway to the NFL. Like, it would be great if Florida State was competitive again. I think it would be fantastic for the sport. But I, I, I don't think that Florida State right now is a better job than what he has at Kentucky. I just don't. Um you know, USC is, is interesting. I, I, you know, some people are like, maybe he'll go out there. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, they're another program that's, that's full of history, but you go there and um, you also have to build up that recruiting pipeline. It took a while for him to build in Lexington. It's completely different. So, you know, I think the only sort of thing at this point for him that, I could maybe see happening would be like if LSU fires coach O and they bring out the truck to stoops and say, come down here, you can win a national championship. And, um, you know, we're going to pay you a ton of money. That's the type of thing that I think would maybe lure his interest. But I don't think that these programs that were once relevant, you know, the Nebraska's of the world, um, Florida State, USC, all those places that you sometimes hear him get linked to. I, I don't think that those are schools that he's going to seriously consider. I think it would have to be a place where the foundation is already there and he knows that he has a chance to win a national championship and to do it fairly quickly. And you can obviously do that at LSU. So that would be, that's the kind of thing that I think that if, if he was rumored for that, I, I would probably, you know, understand why but the other ones no give me a break those are long past you know like he's loving coaching in the sec he loves it and he loves lexington he's an integral part of the community everybody always forgets too that like when you're at a place for a long time you make great friendships and relationships with people that you value and it's hard to just say goodbye to those things and you know push them off to the side yeah you can keep in touch with them but if you see it once or twice a year it's not the same it just isn't so it's not always about going somewhere where you're gonna he gets paid a ton of money too but it's not always about you know where you think that somebody might fit in well and um you know just expecting that that kind of thing is happening there the, the guy has a family you know, there's there's a lot of things that you have to take into consideration with that. So it's not just some surefire thing because some CFB insider says that, you know, Florida State is interested in bringing in Mark Stoops. I, I, I don't take that kind of thing seriously. Yeah. I mean, the, the program that he's built there and the time that it's taken to build it, that, that has to be special. I mean, we're already, I think, in territory of whenever it is said and done, uh, Mark Stoops will have a statue outside of yeah. field somewhere. I mean, the, yeah. the fact that he was 12 and 26, two games into the 2016 season, and now he's above 500, just, that tells it all. There, what is it now? Seven straight wins dating mm -hmm. back to last season could be eight. And so let's, let's talk about this game Saturday night. So this is a program. This is a team that they've defied, they defied the odds for four weeks, Frank, when it comes to the turnover margin, like just when you look at them being four and oh, through those first four with the turnovers they had, people were wondering, okay, is Kentucky lucky or is Kentucky good? I think a lot of people were kind of on the fence. Well, they proved it Saturday night that this is a good football team. 
going into a home game with LSU where the last time I looked, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite on certain sites. How do you see this matchup playing out? Well, I still don't think that it, 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 the original line was one, one point, and I'm like, you can't be serious. And now it's three. I guess that's a little bit better, but I, I was expecting something closer to like four and a half or five, to be honest with, with that spread. Um, so the game is interesting because of the fact that LSU secondary is really, really, really dealing with a bad injury bug. Uh, Derek Stingley, their best player projected top 10 pick is not going major burns. Another huge piece of that secondary is not going. So, you know, what I would love to see is for, Will Levis to be able to take advantage of that and really hone in and focus on making some of the shorter passes that are, you know, six, seven yards over the middle of the field that move the chains and are a huge part of what Liam Cohn wants to do. We know he's got good arm strength. We've seen him connect with, you know, Ali and Wondell nicely on deep balls on, you know, down the sideline or across the deep part of the field. I would love for them to be able to connect a little bit more on, you know, shorter passes. And that's, that's something that I think that they really need to focus on. Um, and if you want to come out of the gate early and rely on Chris and that big blue wall to, to get some momentum going to score points, then by all means do it. But at some point in that game, they've really got to, you know, look for a way to build Levis's confidence back up and help him, you know, recognize that not everything has got to be some 50 yard deep pass. To, you know, it, it worked and it saved him against Florida, but you know, he's, he's struggled over the past few games. So there are other things that they can do to build his confidence that all aren't centered on some bomb hill area across the middle of the field. So um, I'm looking for them to do that, you know, defensively. I, I hope that they can go in there with the mindset that they need to, they, they need to know, this can't be a letdown game. They just can't because next week is the biggest game that they've had in a long time against Georgia on the road at Georgia. And you want to go in there six and oh, you do because it's going to be a monumentally tough task. And I, and I think that they all know that, but you do not want to lose this game and go in there with some bad momentum just because you made stupid mistakes. You, you gotta, you've got to, get Florida out of your mind as great as it was. And, you know, as historic as it was, you know, that's over now, you've got to have a short term memory. And so for them, it's just staying focused and doing a lot of the little things that they've been doing right all year, no stupid penalties, nothing that's going to give LSU a free pass, things like that. Um, or what I think the defense needs to go in there and focus on, which is just sticking to their game plan and, and, and doing what they've been doing all year and don't get caught up in the hype and they can do that. They've been there long enough that they know. Wrapping up here, you mentioned Will Levis, and uh, he's been an interesting guy for sure, especially off the field with the way yeah. he's been able to uh, – I think he's really – he understands how to market himself and stuff on social media, and, and that's very important in today's NIL world, Frank. And, and you get to see a lot of personalities from these players, a lot of personalities from these coaches on SEC this morning. Just what is your thoughts on Will Levis? And, and maybe – sure, he's, he's not – been the best but I just think that his confidence that he has just in his self in that huddle I think that has been infectious throughout this team he's an interesting guy for sure um the, the TikTok videos and things like that you know I don't really 
care as much about that as long as he's focused and and doing what he needs to be doing then you know he can do whatever he wants on his social media as long as it's not a distraction so yeah he seems like a nice kid i know he loves being there he's 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 thoroughly enjoyed lexington and um he's connected with the staff and they all have a good chemistry off the field i think on the field right now they've ran into a couple of road bumps and you know, I, I, I don't know why he struggled, to be honest. And maybe it is because everybody went nuts after the, you know, UL Monroe game and, and said that, man, this this is so similar to what we saw from, uh, you know, Burrow and Joe Brady in 2019, opening it up with like an NFL style offense. And like, it was one game against the UL Monroe team. And as great as it was to see that, it was ridiculous to make those kinds of comparisons a couple weeks into the season. So, you know, we didn't know what we were getting from him. We know his arm strength is great. Um, we've seen him make good plays with, you know, Josh Ali. Um, and, and it's not like that he doesn't know the playbook. I think he's just got to go out there with a little bit more decisiveness. He's got to play with some confidence. And he's got to let the game come to him. He can't force things to happen just because he feels like, you know, he's the leader of that offense and has to do it. He's got enough players around him that are capable of doing it. So, I heard Liam Cohen the other day say that when it does click, it's going to be special. And, you know, five games into the season, let's, 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 when's that going to happen? I, I'd love for it to happen this weekend, you know, like get the, get the building blocks in motion now before you go in there to Athens, because I'm telling you right now, if they can't, if they can't get any sort of offensive, you know, consistency developed before Georgia, it's going to be ugly. And and I'm looking forward to that that game. But Georgia is in a completely different team um, than anybody we're going to play this year. So they really need to to, to focus on just um, you know taking some of the pressure off of him and doing things that can help him build his confidence up and just telling him to trust himself. If he can do all those things, then I think he'll be fine. I I really do. Yeah, should be a good one Saturday night in Lexington. Uh, if Kentucky can get to six and zero. And 4-0 in the SEC, Frank, it, it really sets up a special finish of this season. They'll, they'll have opportunities for sure. Uh, thank you so much for joining me here on Kentucky Daily. Thank you.